Okay. We are now doing Sunday's portion of Bo. So at this point, we have just concluded the seventh of the ten plagues. We have in our portion three more, the last three, locusts, darkness, and the plague of the firstborn. I just learned a Hasidic discourse today in which the Alter Rebbe explained that the purpose of the plagues was to smash all the forces of evil in Egypt because embedded within those forces of evil were enormous godly energy, parks of godliness that had to be extracted. And that's why, as we're seeing, God is making sure he gets through all ten plagues because with each further plague, there's more destruction of the evil of Egypt to crack it open that all of the godly energy that's embedded in that evil was released, as it said, that the Jews truly took out 202 sparks from the world of chaos that were entrapped in the evil of Egypt, which leaves, for us, ever since, 86 sparks we've been working on. They got 202 out then through the smashing of the evil of Egypt through all these plagues. Of course, it was 86, but Abbas told us we did finally finish the refinement of, but that took, you know, over 3,000 years. 202, they got out in this duration. So beginning the verses, God said to Moses, Come to Pharaoh, for I have made his heart and the heart of his servant stubborn, so I shall place these signs of mine in his midst. <coughs> so Rashi explains why he's supposed to come to him. Rashi says to warn him. In other words, this is unusual in that this is a very unusual verse here. It's saying go to Pharaoh, but it's not saying what to do. Which on a Hasidic level is really explained that go, come, implies the most inner dimension of coming. It's, it's a word which is a root word of intimacy. It's such an intimacy and union now, not with this you know, tyrannical midget, this human being called Pharaoh, going all the way to the ultimate source of godliness, which is the energy from which descends the evil forces from which evolves this human being, Pharaoh. And Rashi says, what she sees is to place, to put, to put a sign of God in his midst. Verse, and so you may relate in the ears of your son and your son's son that I have a sport Egypt and my signs I place among them that you may know that I am God. There's a long Rashi here which explains that word is alauti, is what I have done, mocking them. Next verse, Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and said to him, So says God, God of the Jews, until when will you refuse to be humbled before me? Send to my people that they may serve me. So to be humbled, as Unkos explains it, this, in other words, this in the Hebrew, this word, la'nos, could mean to be afflicted or, as we're seeing here, to subjugate yourself. So Rashi is saying it's not to be afflicted, it's not to subjugate yourself because those weren't God's goals. God's goals weren't that Pharaoh be afflicted before God and God's goals weren't for him to be subjugated before God. The plagues were intended to humble Pharaoh. <coughs> like the root word, ani, poor. So God saying to Pharaoh, you refuse to become poor, lowly before me. 
the verse. For if you refuse to send forth my people, behold, tomorrow I shall bring a locust swarm into your border. It will cover the side of the land so that you will not be able to see the land. It will consume the remaining residue that was left to you by the hail. It will consume all the trees that grow for you from the field. It will consume the view of the land, Rashi explains. And the onlooker will not be able to see the land. This is said in abbreviated fashion, as very often we find in the text. If it's self-understood, the text will be abridged. <coughs> we actually learned at the end of the previous portion that God specifically made sure some crops were not destroyed by the hail so that they would be able to be consumed now by the locusts. They will fill your houses, the houses of all your servants, the houses of all Egypt, such as your fathers and your grandfathers have not seen from the day they came onto the earth until this day. They turned into left Pharaoh's presence. Like, that's it. Those men are done. They warn them goodbye. So now, Pharaoh's servant said to him, again, Pharaoh's heart is being hardened, but not the rest of his people, so they know this is crazy. Pharaoh's servant said to him, how long will this be a snare for us? Send out the men that they may serve God, their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is lost? So this word here in the Hebrew, terem, usually means before, but again, also in the previous portion, at the end of the previous portion, Rashi clearly explained that terem means not yet. Do you not yet realize? Because before we make any sense in this context. So Moses and Aaron returned to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go and serve God, your God. Which ones are going? So when they returned, they didn't come on their own. They returned by a messenger that the Egyptians sent after them and returned them to Pharaoh. <coughs> <coughs> Moses has a very famous verse. I'm not sure quote this many times. And speaking of us leaving the current exile, Moses said, With her young, with her elders shall we go. With her sons, with her daughters, with their flock, with her cattle shall we go. Because it's a festival for God for us. So, Sarah responds. He said to them, So be God with you that I will send you and your children. See that evil faces you. <coughs> Meaning, I'd let you go with all your kids? Huh. I'm not even going to I'd never let your animals go. I wouldn't even let your kids go. See that evil faces you. So Rashi gives two explanations on this. First, the Targum. He alludes to, which says, see the evil which you intend to commit turns back at you. The Rashi brings along Midrash, that he comes from as, as the literal meaning of the verse, that Pharaoh was saying, is astrologer saw that there's a star, it's called Ra'a, ascending to meet you in the wilderness. And this star is an omen of blood and killing. So Pharaoh is saying, I'm going to let you go. You know what happens? You're going to all be destroyed. I already seen the stars. There's a star of death that's going toward you in the desert. So what happened? When the Jews sinned with the golden calf after the giving of the Torah, and God said he was going to kill them all out, Moses said, look, what's Egypt going to say? This is exactly what Pharaoh was saying. If you kill us out now, Pharaoh will say, oh, I was right. I told you there's these, uh, I didn't want them to go because I didn't want, you know, three million people to be massacred. Like, I knew that in the stars. So that was a very strong point in Moses' prayer, and God, so to speak, changed, allowed himself to change to compassion and do not kill the Jews then. And later, <coughs> we have the star, the star of death, the star of blood. So later, when the Jews entered Israel, um, they were all circumcised upon their entry into Israel. And the verse then said, today, the day when the circumcision was performed, I've removed the humiliation of Egypt from you. Meaning the Egyptians were humiliating you and saying, we see blood decreed on you in the desert. Well, guess what? We just fulfilled that. 
It's not blood of death. It's the blood of serving God. It's the blood of circumcision. Now, not so. Let the men go now. This is, of course, the first time there has ever been before a plague, other times during the plagues, to stop the plagues, he promised and didn't fulfill. But now, not even to get to the next plague. First, I let you go, but just the men. You go, you come back. I'm like, hello, of course, aren't you just coming back and we're continuing the same situation like that we stopped um, about seven months ago of you being our slaves? So let the men go now. Serve God, for that's what you requested. And he drove them away from Pharaoh's presence. <clears throat> Meaning, not so. You're saying to take the children with you. But if you, the whole time you're telling me you want to worship God. If you want to worship God with the kids that are worshiping God, you know, don't make noise and, and be distraction. If you really want to worship God, let the men go worship God in the desert. You don't take children to participate in serving God. And then he drove them away. Again, it doesn't specify who chased them out from Pharaoh. Obviously, Pharaoh wasn't the one that physically drove them away, but someone, someone drove them away from the presence of Pharaoh. 